Hi everyone, we have a great show for you today. I sit down with Joanna Rolf, aka Jojo, a personal trainer who has dedicated her life to helping people feel comfortable in their skin and the gym. Plus, we touch on some fitness myths that you do not want to miss. Welcome to Beaming. Jojo in the Zoom studio with me today. I never know what to call it because I want to say the studio, but it's a Zoom room. I'm so happy to have her on the show. She has made such an impact on my life. She basically got my fitness journey started, and I am one of so many people she's affected in the fitness industry. And she's just a joy to be around and to talk to. So I'm very happy to have you on. Welcome, Jojo. Thank you so much for having me, Sky. I appreciate it. <laughs> of course. I am so excited to hear a little bit about your journey today, not only through fitness, but kind of creating your own business, being in the insane world of like Instagram and social media during a time when those things are uh, really taking over and becoming a lot of people's source of information, news, and socials. So I guess we should get started just by having you introduce yourself, uh, give us a little insight on what your life looks like right now um, and who you are. So yes, I am Jojo. It's usually what people call me by, but my name is Joanna and I'm from Northern Virginia, just outside of Washington, DC. My fitness journey started in 2013 when I was going to be a senior in college. And I discovered the fitness industry half by chance, half through association. Uh, My sister, she was going through a weight loss journey at the time. And I was studying for my degree in international studies. I wanted to be involved in the anti-human trafficking world. But that changed when my sister introduced me to fitness. Before then, I never was very confident in my body whatsoever. For years prior, I had suffered through a multiple number of eating disorders. And that for me had become my identity for so long because I didn't know what it was like to live a life outside of that mentality. I didn't know what it was like to have a healthy relationship with food And it was a very sad time because that was, again, like I said, my identity pretty much. It wasn't until my sister started going through her fitness journey at the time that I had almost like a realization that was just as sudden as a light bulb. And it just never went off. Um, (laughs) When I saw what people who were involved in fitness looked like. And I saw how confident they looked in their shape and in their body. That was something to me that I had been looking for for so long that it just made sense. And ever since then, that light just never went away. One thing led to another. I started teaching myself how to weightlift in my college gym 
during the summer when no one was there. So I didn't have to worry about embarrassing myself or anything like that. I started recording my workouts after I graduated college because I wanted to check my form. But that also went hand in hand with my discovery of YouTube and discovering that people filmed what they did in their life. And at first I wanted to become a blogger in DC, but that quickly changed when I was like, no, I'm just going to post about fitness and what I'm eating and what I'm doing in the gym. So filming my form turned into that, which led into me turning my personal Instagram page into what is now my fitness Instagram page, my business page, really my page of what I use for my personal branding. And over time, I grew that page and those platforms through going to fitness expos across the country, networking with other people, competing, um, putting myself out there and entering myself into contests by big name brands in the industry and getting pretty far with that. And that helped me gain exposure. And I then decided I wanted to coach women into becoming more confident in themselves because I knew what it was like to be clueless. I knew what it was like to want to reach a goal, but not know where to start. So Once I started getting questions from people that knew me, how did you do that? Um, It really lit this idea in my mind of looking into the idea of, you know, coaching people and becoming a teacher essentially to other people. So I got my certification about almost three years ago now. And I just took a leap of faith, started my own business as a side gig during my nine to five job. That wasn't at all what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I quickly discovered and eventually got to a point where last September, September 2019, I finally made the decision to leave my full time job, my comfy benefits, nine to five government job to pursue my business full time. Here we are today after experiencing a global pandemic that really challenged the fitness industry. (laughs) That was another experience altogether that I had to like learn how to go through. And here I am now, um, left Virginia, now living in Florida and Tampa and just starting the next chapter of my life. And so this is where we are now. Amazing. Oh, I love to hear the story, even though I know it. I am so inspired by your strength and I'm happy that that light went on because now you are changing so many people's lives. Instagram is where I found you. I, I've i been like racking my brain as to like actually how um, or actually when, but I went to school in Northern Virginia and that's kind of like you were based there right outside of DC for a while. So um, I think I followed you probably because I saw that you were in the area and that was cool that I was, you know, got to learn from someone nearby. And um, I think September 1st, 2018, maybe I reached out to you and we scheduled a phone call. I remember it clear as day because I, as you did at one point was finally like, I'm ready. I I had already had a journey with fitness. Obviously I'm a yoga instructor. So I went through that whole journey, have always loved being active, but I was ready to feel confident in the gym. And that is a very specific goal. And you took that on. And that's one of the things, like you said, you taught yourself how to do it when no one was around. And I felt the same way in that I want to be able to go to the gym when all 
of these people are there and lifting heavier weights than I am and feel just as good about what I'm doing for my body and my mind. And you made that happen. I'm a hundred percent, a different person when it comes to exercise, not only what you taught me about working out and lifting weights and form and not killing yourself, but also, you know, nutrition. And like, I went through so much when we were, (laughs) when we were training together, I went through an extreme breakup. Like you saw me at my lowest lows when I was like, Joanne, I'm not going to work out for the whole week. You knew exactly how to handle that and push me further, taking care of myself mentally first and then heading back to the gym and I will be forever grateful. So I'm I'm so happy when you talk about taking those steps. Maybe I like moved to Florida right um right before you left your full-time job. So yeah, that change for you is is incredible. And I mean that must have been pretty <laughs> daunting. Like, how did you know it was the right time to leave a, such a steady, comforting job like that to pursue your own business? That is a good question because for a solid year prior to that, I knew that I needed to leave because I knew I wasn't happy at all with juggling. I mean, I could have done it. Don't get me wrong, like multitasking it because I had done it for years to this point. But when I knew that I was not happy with waking up every morning and granted, there was a lot of things going on in my personal life too, that added, that contributed to that. But at the time I just thought it was really my job only. That was when I knew I needed to be more proactive, put a little bit more pressure on there to really make it happen because you could talk and talk about wanting to do something, but if you're not willing to help yourself make it happen, it's not going to happen. And people will always say you're never ready, which is true because I could have found every excuse not to do it. But at the same time, I did kind of prepare myself for that moment ahead of time, like gradually growing my business into personal training in person in DC also and making it work of taking clients in the morning before my full-time job to even after work and on the weekends. So essentially I was working constantly to the point where I felt like I was ready to support myself. And at the time there was an opportunity to become a trainer at this very high-end sports and fitness facility in Northern Virginia, which kind of gave me the green light, so to speak on, I need to pick now I need to make the decision now, or it's not going to happen. So I made the decision. And when I had made the decision, I knew in my gut, it was the right one. There was no question. And that was pretty much it. You had prepared yourself so much that when that opportunity came up, it was like, okay, like you, you were personally ready and your strength was up and you knew that it was time to take the leap, which sometimes people don't know, I think for a long time until they actually do it. But I think you knew in your heart. I remember meeting you at the gym at like 5am. It was something like that. Yeah. Your hours were crazy. If you're unhappy in half of your life, the other parts of your life are not going to be up to their fullest potential. And they're not going to, you know, bring you the joy that they could. And I think you saw that. That's why I left my full-time job because every day I woke up, I did not 
want to go. It was like dreading sitting in an office every day. And that's why I would get up and go to the gym at 5am because I was like, I have nothing else to live for. Let me just like move my body and then go to rehearsal after (laughs) work. Like it's that lifestyle that you can't keep up forever and something has to give. And it's scary when the thing that has to give is your main source of income, stability, support. But at the end of the day, look how your life has taken off in so many new directions. And now you're in a new place, which is exciting too. Tell us about like why move to Florida? I mean, other than the sunshine. (laughs) It was actually speaking of the time of when I made the decision to leave my full-time job, literally at the time that I was deciding to accept this job offer at this facility. I remember I was leaving a client's place on a Saturday morning, leaving Navy Yard, DC. And I vividly remember having this overwhelming feeling of leaving and going somewhere else. Because I felt like I had lived my time in DC and there was nothing, even though I had this new job opportunity and I had lived there for so long, but something in my gut was like, I kind of don't want to be here anymore. And I always thought that I was going to be in DC forever. Mm. I remember calling my ex at the time and saying, I think I want to move. And he was down for it, but we didn't really explore that conversation anymore because I knew deep down it was never going to happen with him. But I I remember having that conversation with him. So when the pandemic happened, I was with my current boyfriend and the pandemic hit and we discussed moving because he's from Southern California and he moved to Virginia for the job that I was working at. Our boss was his best friend for five or so years. And because he was the personal training director at this place, he had essentially told my boyfriend to leave Southern California and move to Virginia for the job. And that was where we met. Oh my God. We started working. (laughs) That is so crazy. Like the timing was so specific on that. Like it was, you might not have met him at all. If the timing was like a month different or something like. Exactly. I started working there September 3rd. He started working there September 24th. Wow. Mm -hmm. So when the pandemic hit, uh, we had already been together for at least two months or so by that point. And the discussion had come up of leaving Virginia because he knew that I was no longer happy in Virginia. And he didn't like Virginia because he did not like the winter, which you can't really blame him. Neither did I. (laughs) In Southern California, he's used to it always being warm. Mm -hmm. So... Turns out his family, his aunt and uncle, lived down the streets from my parents in St. Cloud, Florida. What? That was a twist I didn't see. (laughs) Without knowing this ahead of time. Just pandemic hit. We talk about leaving because our leases were also up within a month of each other. Okay. So we started having that conversation about how would you feel about moving to Florida? Then we learned a lot more about each other. Our parents live in the same city, essentially. And we basically decided that we were going to leave. So my lease ended in August. I drove straight to Florida. Two and a half weeks later, he also left. And then he went down to Florida. And we were with my parents at their house for about a month before we made the move to Tampa. Because we wanted to move out here to Tampa 
for safety reasons, for a change of scenery completely. Neither one of us had ever been to Tampa before. Mm -hmm. There's a really big fitness community over here. Just a lot of things made sense with moving out here to Tampa. That's so exciting for you. I'm happy that you found a place that, and you're close enough to your family. What Orlando's like was less than two hours. Yeah, that's awesome. So at least during this insane time where no one knows what the next turn is, you're with near family, but also creating your own life in Tampa. So now that you're in a new city, I know we were talking earlier about how, you know, you you have a base of people all over the world, but a lot of them are in Washington, D.C., where you have been connecting with people for years. Oh, I want to mention the, you and Marissa hold- DMV Fit Workshop. Yes, yes the DMV Fit Workshop. That is one of the coolest things ever. For someone, even just like me, who enjoys fitness, like not as a business, but more a hobby, something that I want to keep learning more about, those were so cool. I think I went to two of them with my best friend, Katerina, and we so enjoyed them. And you get to work at, you get to learn all this stuff, and you meet so many people. I feel like that was an awesome time to kind of feel a part of the community. So you were already making those big steps in the community in the DMV and in, you know, in DC. So now you have Tampa and Florida, a whole new world of people to meet, which is extremely exciting. I know you said you turned your Instagram into, you know, fully fitness and, you know, it's also your personal page too, but um, your business page, was there a moment or a post or something where you went by? Viral or knew that your content was being received or being viewed so much because you're, you're, I mean, you grew so much over the past few years. That is a good question. I noticed that my page had potential for growth in 2017 because 2017 was the year that I first competed, okay. which led to exposure on Instagram because For some reason, people love following people on Instagram who are going through a prep. I think it's because of the shredded look. It's just so fascinating to people, I think. So when I started posting more things like that, it just started getting more attention, more attention. At the time when engagement groups were starting to blow up, where people get involved in a DM conversation to support each other's content... I started getting invited to more and more of those groups, which essentially led to more engagement on my pages, which led to further growth because then they got pushed to the Explorer page, yada, yada. At the end of 2017 was when the bodybuilding.com spokesmodel search, the last one they ever did actually was happening. And I was accepted as a semifinalist out of thousands of people across the world I made it into the top 20, which was huge. Yeah, it was very big because at the time they were still one of the biggest, if not the biggest fitness brand in the industry. Unfortunately, not anymore, but at the time they were. So it was a huge opportunity. So that was towards the end of 2017. Then 2018, that led into my getting more involved working with companies. And that was when carousel posts for workouts was really taking off. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I started posting more of those of swipe through for the workouts and those consistently every single time, just 
blew up, which was easy because, you know, I had been filming my workouts for so long already. So just go in the gym, film the workout, post it. That's it. Yeah. And at the time, the algorithm was a lot more different. So there was actual real engagement and support on Instagram. Mm. Not so much anymore today. Like Instagram today is very much of ads, the algorithm hiding your posts and all of these very frustrating things. Now we have to deal with reels. So just the platform overall was just entirely different. Right. And I was more consistent on YouTube. So I think it was because once I started getting into this stride of really interacting with people and for it being fun, that was the biggest thing. Yeah. Because it was fun for me, I was more willing to post and interact and engage with people. So that was around that time, late like 2017 through 2018 was really the year that I had the most growth, I would say. It must be so hard for influencers, people that run their business mainly on YouTube, social medias, to have these changes in their platforms because everything that you were kind of like riding on and relying on and that's how you're engaging with people is all of a sudden not the same. Yes. That's quite annoying. I don't understand any of it, but I have heard a lot of people say that things are changing. I feel like you started at a great time during the social media kind of rising because like you said, you got to actually interact with people and it was fun And, you know, the algorithm was different and the way that these different apps kind of worked was a lot different. So um, that, I mean, that must've been how I found you. must've been on my explore page. That is so funny. Yeah, that must've been me. Yeah, because those videos are so awesome, especially for people that, you know, don't want to take the step yet or can't afford personal training or don't know even where to start or only have one dumbbell in their room. Or I think that those are so helpful for people getting into fitness as well. So I can see why those definitely got a lot of engagement. So before you moved and for years prior, you've been training people, coaching people in person and and semi-online. I feel like it was a good mix of both online training and in-person sessions, which I mean, obviously you, you switched it up for your clients and what they needed, but COVID hits. What does this do to your job and your life? It completely takes the in-person experience out of personal training because we can no longer be in a gym atmosphere. We can no longer be within six feet of each other. Just everything closes. And what are you supposed to do? Well, for people that have gym memberships and don't really have much to work with at home, equipment is out of stock everywhere. What do you have to do? Well, every, but not just me, but everybody who has ever been a personal trainer or was before the pandemic happened had to learn together. We were all in this together. How do we work with our clients? Well, we go to virtual personal training. So same thing, scheduling a session. Only difference is that it's just one phone call click away. We connect through FaceTime or Skype and we do the same thing that we would in the gym. You know, I, the only difference is that I'm not with you in person, but I can still watch your form through the camera. We could still work with the space that you have in your room, your living room. If you don't have equipment available, we can use other things such as water bottles, detergent bottles, putting 
stuff into a backpack for added weight, learning how to get how to get very creative with things at home. And we had to do that for however long it has been now, (laughs) even though some gyms across the country have opened, a lot of other places still had very strict limitations. I had probably half my clients, not even going to lie, half of my clients cancel their gym memberships altogether and build gyms at home in their basements, in their garages, one even in her attic. Wow. And yep. And they invested in buying the equipment. Two of them actually even bought an entire squat rack, just a number of things because they decided and they really saw really that there is a future with virtual personal training because an excuse, a very common excuse people use all the time is I don't have time to go to the gym. I'm too tired to go to the gym. Well, guess what? Now you don't need to go to the gym. You can just go straight to your living room and I'm going to tell you what to do. Exactly. I mean, I feel I love the gym. I think one day I will go back just because now I don't have a squat rack in my room, but (laughs) it's also scary to think about going to such a public place. I mean, like it'll probably be months and months and years before people will feel comfortable going there again. So you can't wait to focus on fitness for two years, you know, you have to take the steps. I mean, I have a few pairs of dumbbells, some bands. I don't need anything else. I get great workouts in because you do what you got to do. So I do remember how much I love working out with you though, and having someone next to me to like help me out and keep me accountable. Tell me, oh, we're going to hit your PR today because I'm standing here. I'm going to put this on the bar because you can't stop me. (laughs) Um, So that must be just a hard adjustment, especially for people who really rely on your support and the fact that you had to, I mean, you have the skills and you have the knowledge to make these things happen. But when you have to write a workout plan that is done completely with a stack of textbooks, that's pretty difficult. And Mm -hmm. just like a mind game that you didn't know you were going to have to step into. Right. So after moving to Florida, do you still work with a lot of the clients that you've had in the DMV and elsewhere? Yes, actually. I would probably say from those that I was working with in person up in D.C., of my own private clients, I'm no longer working with two of them from the facility that I was working at pretty much obviously all of them because they were members at the facility and then they others had canceled their memberships since then. Mm-hmm. But all of my other clients had still been working with me to this day. I even have two of them who are pregnancy clients. So I, I do have my certification in pre and postnatal uh, fitness. So I'm able to design programs for them specifically catered to their pregnancy. So I have a couple of women like that right now. Ever since I moved, I have gained about three new online clients. But of course, now that I'm here and trying to figure out how to make the rest of my schedule a little bit busier and network with the people here in Tampa, the goal is now to pick up back to in-person training. So now I'm just trying to figure out what the next step is with that you'll make it happen. You'll meet people. I'm sure there are facilities that have specific areas that you could train in. And I mean, people have been 
coming up with these concepts and how we can get people back training in the gym, um, probably since March when things shut down. So I'm glad that you get to step back into that in-person aspect soon, because that is like such a special connection to, to be there, but also training someone during the pandemic must've been quite an exciting experience, not only learning experience for you, but also during the especially the start when we had no idea what this pandemic was. There were questions everywhere. I mean, working out was like the one thing I could do that I felt like I knew and that I could feel good after and feel good doing. So that's just such a vital step. I hate asking people about COVID and they're like experience since, but I feel like while we know that the experience is the same for everyone, like everyone's lives are different and change vast, like in crazy ways. They're also different in, you know, the specifics of each individual experience, career. It messed everyone up, man. So what do next steps look like for you? Obviously you're in a new place. So the immediate next steps are networking, working with people down in Tampa, but what does the future look like for you? What do you envision for yourself? Do you have any goals or things you'd love to see happen um, in your field or just in your career? I've had some thoughts about what I would like to do. When you mentioned the DMV Fit Workshop, I had a thought of in the future, don't know when, because it depends Mm -hmm. on how things go and work, but thinking of recreating a fit workshop here in Tampa, something like that. Another plan for myself is that I'm going to be back competing next year, 2021. Right. Oh, that's what I was going to ask about because the pandemic hit, right? Like during your prep. Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) That's insane. (laughs) How long through the pandemic did you continue doing prep before the shows were kind of canceled and, you know, you realized things would be pushed back? Not knowing how long it was going to take, I was committed to try to make it work. But after being on your feet for hours, all of a sudden, no longer having that ability to be on my feet all day, not having access to any cardio equipment, having to do my cardio outside, which is not at all the same. Yeah. Stress levels being super high, my body was not responding the way that I wanted it to. So I decided end of April to just not even try anymore. Obviously, my coach understood because... yeah. It is what it is or was what it was. (laughs) So called it off, didn't have any plans on looking into new shows because again, we didn't know how the rest of the year was going to go. Yeah. And when I heard that shows were picking back up at that point, decisions were already made of leaving Virginia. So there was no point in trying to prep while moving having more unexpected situations coming into my life, it wouldn't have been the prep experience I would have wanted. Mm -hmm. So now being in a new place and being in the same city that my coach actually lives in, yes, things make a lot more sense of finally being in a place where I can actually focus on the goal. Good. I mean, like you said, it, it wouldn't have gone how you wanted and something that you're putting so much energy into 
mentally, physically, everything, like you deserve to have it, you know, obviously there are ups and downs, but you deserve to actually be able to control parts of it. Oh God, (laughs) with all the changing and moving, that would have been just, just a hassle and just not an exciting time, which, you know, it should be. Okay. Sorry for taking us off topic, but I remember thinking about that when you were talking, because I remember your, your vlogs and stuff of you still prepping. And I was like, oh my God. So you talked about a recreation of a fit workshop. That's an awesome idea. What else are we looking for? Yes. Recreation of a fit workshop, going back into prep, as I said, and just trying to see how I can really create new projects with any of the people that I I meet here. I mean, I've had ideas of creating or making my own gym space, basically. But of course, I would need to do research on what the market is like out here and where would I even start. And so I have potential ideas of what I would like to achieve in the future here. But before any of that happens, of course, need to focus on making those connections um, because at the end of the day, it really is all about who you know. Yeah. Well, that'll be smooth for you. I know you and that'll be smooth. We will be watching and supporting you through all that. Very exciting. I'm seeing a lot more body positivity on my feeds and people showing, you know, their stomachs when they're flexing and then when they pull down their leggings. And I saw you posted something like that the other day and How does it feel as someone who, I mean, I know how it feels for me. How does it feel for someone who used to hate their body and never feel like they were good enough to see new people coming up and saying, you know, we're not hiding behind these high-waisted leggings anymore. We're, We're beautiful as we are and we might work out for many different reasons, maybe to feel good and to get those endorphins. It's not necessarily to look a certain way anymore. Does anything come up when you see those posts? The first thing that comes to mind, like any other movement, I don't want to say the word trend, but any movement that you see on social media, there will be people who are doing it for the right reasons. And then there are people who are doing it for attention, Mm. which is something that I personally always look at when I'm looking at somebody's page and why, again, social media can be a very iffy place because I've seen body positive posts that are you know, great. Like I get what you're saying, all this wonderful, but then there are some people that I know of that they consider themselves as body positive people, but they do it in a way where it almost comes off as toxic positivity. What I mean by toxic positivity is having those borders be, be a little bit blurred between an unhealthy level and then a healthy level Mm. and people that are kind of using it as their way of becoming social media famous. I have seen this happen with a number of people Mm -hmm. when they used to be fitness influencers, when they wanted to be sponsored by the big name fitness companies, when they realized that that wasn't going to work for them, they decided to go the body positive route. And that for me is something that anybody should be careful, no matter who you're following on social media. Yeah. Yeah. To always make sure that the people who are promoting their message, 
that's truly coming through in a very authentic way. And it's not coming in a way that might seem like maybe a little bit too much in terms of just trying to get your attention. Having both. And again, that's not just for body positivity, movement, but that's for anything. For sure. That's interesting. At the end of the day, when I see that and I feel like people are, are becoming more comfortable with the ideas that, you know, women can look however the hell they want. And as long as they're, you know, treating others with kindness, treating their bodies with kindness, like that's incredible. So you want to support those people. But I I know what you mean. I've seen people just basically get famous off of that idea. And while yes, like definitely continue spreading that message, you, you you never know where the intentions are. So that's interesting. So I wouldn't have a certified personal trainer on the show without grilling her about some fitness myth busting. Okay. So, I mean, these days you'll read everything on the internet (laughs) and a lot I feel is probably inaccurate. Yeah. I wanted to see if we could talk about or just, you know, give us some bullet points of some fitness myths that you want to just crash to the ground. Do any come to mind? Yes. The biggest one that I still hear to this day is all about carbs and how if you want to lose weight, you should not be eating any carbs. I actually posted a video to my reels where the question was, should I cut out carbs if I want to lose weight? And it was just a a reel of no, 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 no. And the caption specifying the reason why this is inaccurate is because the only way to truly lose weight is by having your body be in a calorie deficit, which is in taking less calories than you are exerting. Carbs have nothing to do with that. In fact, carbs are very essential to no matter what goal that you want, because carbs are what essentially fuel our muscles with glycogen, which is its primary energy source for performance in the gym, which we need energy in our muscles if we want to exert the energy we want to eventually put us in a calorie deficit. So when people say that they want to get rid of carbs, they are thinking in this way of thinking that carbs make you puffy, make you bloated, make you retain water, insulin shoots through the roof, yada, yada, yada. And so therefore bring in the idea of keto. I had somebody in the comments section of that post attacking me for saying that carbs are the devil. How dare I spread misinformation? If anyone wants to lose weight, it has to be keto. Well, keto was introduced as a way to treat epilepsy, okay? So somewhere along the way, people took that idea and turned it into a nutrition fad. But what people don't realize is that if they're in a calorie deficit, a keto diet could work because they're in a calorie deficit. However, vegetables are carbs, complex carbs, sweet potatoes, brown rice, and all that, you know, those are good carbs for our body. I don't understand how that is less healthy than eating butter and bacon all day. So that is one myth. Another myth that I still hear to this day, kid you not, is the idea that weights will blow up your muscles, make you look bulky, make you look like a man. 
I still hear this. And it actually is a comment that I was told by a stranger in my first apartment gym when I was working out for the first time. A comment that was saying that I shouldn't be lifting weights because they'll make me bulky and I wouldn't be feminine anymore. So there's this, I kid you not, real story. The first thing that women need to understand is that it is not genetically possible for us to look like men when we lift weights because we don't have the testosterone levels biologically that men do. It's going to take a lot of effort and steroid usage for us to get to the muscular level that men look like. I've been lifting since 2013 and I'm still trying to get quote unquote bulky. Not really, but I'm just saying, okay, trying to prove a point here. <laughs> it would have happened already. If it it would have about- happened already. Exactly. I hear that all the time. I cannot believe that man said that to you. I will never forget it. I also hear, I feel like when I started with you, you made sure to (laughs) let me know that the idea of toning your muscles is actually like these workouts that you see floating around, you know, Instagram, TikTok, tone your arm like this and that at the end of the day. Why is that not an actual thing? So I think the way people think of toning is like, tightening a screw, if that makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. if we put a squeeze a little bit here, it's going to tighten up and it's going to seal it nice and all that. No, that's not how that works. Mm -hmm. How to get toned as people so put it is you need to have muscle tissue first and not as much body fat over the muscle. That's how you get that lean physique that women think is what toned looks like. The only way that you get that look is through being under iron Mm -hmm. at least four to five times a week on a consistent basis and eating a diet that will not only fuel those muscles, but will have you be in, in a range where you kind of are like in a maintenance to deficit. So like a recomp almost most, you don't necessarily have to bulk cut. It's possible to do both. Mm -hmm. The approach is different in the training and the nutrition, and it depends on the individual. But that's essentially what toning is, is just having that foundation of muscle and the body fat level be to where it, it looks like that person is relatively lean. And that at the end of the day, like there are so many ins and outs, like you just said, it's going to be different for every individual. Yes. Well, Jojo, I call you Joanna. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for coming on Beaming today, telling us a little bit about your story. I know that this move is an amazing start for you and I'm excited to see all that you do next. I'm wondering how people can follow you, follow your journey, and make sure that they stay connected with you. Absolutely. My Instagram page is ojojo with three H's. And then my YouTube channel is just my name, Joanna Rolf. Perfect. And I'll link everything in the details of this episode. Thank you so much for being here. I so appreciate it. And I'm always so happy to see your face and talk to you. Likewise. Thank you, Sky. Thank you so much for tuning in to Beaming this week. Are you following along with us on Instagram? If not, check us out at Beaming Podcast. We post a lot of great content on there and just keep you informed and updated. Make sure to take care of yourself today. We will see you next week. Bye-bye.